open the book of Daniel tonight, Daniel chapter 10. I was um, reading early this morning as I was getting ready to uh, do the chores of the day. And I was fetching and left, my kids were picking trees, and fetching and went to the presence of the baby doctor, and I was there by myself and just reading. And uh, came across these verses. Um, have been on my mind off and on through the day, and I wish I had time to read the entire chapter, but for the sake of time tonight, I'm not going to do that. Um, I do want to start out reading verses 9 through 14, and then we'll backtrack down from verses 1 uh, through the entire chapter, but I, I know it's it's not, I'm not going to keep you hostage here tonight. I'll be very brief, um, and I try to be truthful to my word. When I be brief, I'll be brief, but um, let's read verses um, uh, 9 down to verse number 14. Yet heard I the voice of his words. And when I heard the voice of his words, then was I in a deep sleep on my face, and my face toward the ground. And behold, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright. For unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come uh, for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. And lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days, for yet the vision is for many days. We've been reading and studying <coughs> the book of Daniel chapter 10 today, and um, Daniel is a very, uh, very wonderful unique character to study in the Old Testament canon of Scripture. And I want to give you a few things about Daniel. Daniel was a statesman of his day. He was a politician, you could say. He had uh, the ability to uh, to speak on behalf of God as he was down in Babylon. And he was a statesman for Israel. Not only that, he's considered as being one of the great prophets of Israel, a great speaker, a great leader. And, um, and so we find Daniel now, he is down uh, in Babylon and for 70 years, or, or a little over that now, I think it was 79 years in chapter number 10, he has been down in Babylon and he <coughs> is in captivity, but yet he still serves the Lord. And uh, I read uh, today that he was about 89 years old at this time in Daniel chapter number 10. But um, what I'd like to bring to you tonight is notice the conversation that he has with God. He is not speaking to an angel, but he, he is speaking with God himself. He, he's one of the few characters in Scripture that actually has a, uh, has a literal conversation with God and lives through it. And, uh, boy, I would love to be able to do that. One day I'm going to sit down and ask God why all the troubles we go through while we're there uh, but listen, he had that conversation. He was speaking with God here. And uh, you say, well, are you sure it was God? Well, we find in chapter number 10 that uh, the, we find what, who, he look, who he looks like or 
the personage of God, the, the what he his what he looked like in these scriptures is what I'm trying to say. And uh, notice what he says in verse number five. And then I lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold of euphaz. His body also was like beryl, and his face as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms and his feet like in color to polished brass, and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. Mm -hmm. And so we see the, uh, the scripture tells what he looked like. And, gives the picture of what God looked like at this time in his life. And, and uh, you know, we, we really don't know what God really looks like. We get a picture, maybe a glance here of what uh, God was looking like. Some writers believe this is a theophany, that this was when the Lord Jesus might have appeared to Daniel. But either way, Daniel had a conversation with him. He's about 89 years of age. And what Daniel is doing, he is praying. And uh, can I say this at the outstart of the lesson debate, our greatest work on this planet after we get saved and pray the sinner's prayer is, the state, is to stay in touch with God in heaven by means of prayer. I believe in prayer. I've seen the effects of prayer. And I, if I ask for a raise of hands tonight of, of all people that have seen the effects of prayer, we'd all have to say we've all seen it. We think about Ruby and the great prayer <coughs> she was and... Uh, you know, we've had great mentors in our life, leaders that have taught us uh, the ministry of prayer. And I remember Ruby telling me one time in the store, she said, uh, praying pays big dividends, preacher. And she's right. You know, praying pays big dividends. But Daniel is praying, and he's in uh, earnest with God, and he's been praying for 21 days, three weeks, and he's seeking the voice of God. That's what I want to speak to you tonight uh, on the subject of praying to hear the voice of God. Uh, and I want to say, first of all, that we as God's people, we need not expect God to speak to little old me in a great voice. But He speaks through His Word. He speaks through His Holy Spirit. And I don't, I don't belittle the Holy Spirit in any way because He is the third person of the Trinity. He has... His place in the Godhead, and thank God His Holy Spirit speaks to us. Someone asked me, said, has God ever spoken to you? I said, yes. I said, Do you, uh, uh, let me tell you when the first time He spoke Man. to me when I was lost. When He speaks, you know who it is. And I remember old preacher Dean Bryant saying this one time. He said, God does not speak in long, drawn-out sentences, but He speaks in a way that you know who He is and you understand it. Just like that. And I found that to be true in my life. But I want you to notice where Daniel was at. Notice his position. <laughs> notice where he's at as he's praying. Then we're going to notice a few things that took place while he prayed. So first of all, Daniel was old age. He's about 89 years of age. And uh, notice he was uh, wanting to hear uh, from God. So first of all, he started praying. In three weeks, he did not get an answer. Prayer for three weeks. Notice this. In those days, verse number two. In those days, Daniel, uh, I, Daniel was mourning three full weeks. Notice his state now. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all till three weeks were fulfilled. He not only prayed, but he was fasting in prayer. And I know in our Bible churches, in these Baptist Bible mountain churches, we don't talk a lot about fasting. Tonight I want to speak on it for just a second. 
I believe in fasting. I believe in fasting. I believe that um, I believe a lot of people would be more healthy if we would learn to fast. Our bodies are, are working overtime because we're gorging ourselves down at the uh, Golden Corral every week trying to wonder why we feel terrible all the time. God wants us to fast to let our body rest. And not only are we to do that, we're not to parade the fact that we're uh, fasting in front of everyone. I, I can call a preacher right now. You know him. He's a te television preacher. He, uh, uh, he's in this area, and he said this one time. He said, when we fast, we want the whole church to do it at the same time, and everybody's going to know about it. And I thought, well, that's not what the Scripture teach. When we fast, we're to do it secretly. And David, or, or Daniel was doing that secretly. When we fast, we do it secretly. We don't broadcast it and say, look how religious I am. Look what I do. And I believe one of the greatest fasts this generation needs to go on is a technology fast. I mean, turn the TV off, computer off, the phone off. Man. It'd do me a world of good to get rid of my stinking cell phone and throw it away for about a week and realize what it was like when we just had landlines. You know, I, I, we need a technology fast. When, then there's other fasts. There's eating fast. There's drinking fast. And, and, and the list goes on. And we don't have time to do that. But Daniel was in deep, deep contrition in prayer. And he was fasting at the same time. Notice he ate no bread, no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all until three whole weeks were fulfilled. What does that tell us about Daniel? He meant business about his prayer life. He wanted God to recognize that he was putting his body in torment and that God would bend his ear low to that prayer. And that's what fasting does. It gets the attention of God and shows God we mean business by this prayer. I have tried to fast a time or two in my life, and uh, I've not been really successful at it. Lord, forgive me for that. But I want to say this, that uh, when we come to God with a need, we better mean what we say and say what we mean. Someone said, well, I pray a great flowery prayer. It doesn't matter what you say. Our heart has got to be right. And David was at that place, or Daniel was at that place in his life. He was wanting God's attention. We know who he was praying for. He's praying for Israel. He was praying for uh, the, uh, the people of God. But notice this. He was supposing to hear God. Uh, he had to press on in his prayer life. Now, a lot of times, God does not answer our prayers when we want him to. How many of us have ever had uh, unanswered prayers? Boy, I have. How many of you ever just prayed and then instantly God answered your prayer? I'll never forget years ago, I was just starting in the ministry and we were at Wahoo in the revival service. There was a young lady that was here visiting her grandparents from Colorado. Revival was running that week and the young lady was a teenager. And the grandparents had requested, oh, the time our granddaughter's coming uh, before revival, please pray she doesn't go to church, she's never been saved. And so she got, got to the revival. And you talk about young preachers being on fire. We was wanting that girl to get saved. And, and I remember Charles was the pa pastor, then Charles Bias, and he was up here, and they'd give the invitation. Altar was full of people praying, and I was sitting on this side of the church, and I said, God, if that little girl don't get saved, she's going to die and go to hell. And I just bowed my head just like this across my arms and didn't get down in a big way 
I said, oh God, you can hear my prayer right now. Lord, that young lady's under conviction and I know you love her and you want her to be saved. God, let her just step out right now. I didn't say it audibly. I didn't say it to make a big show, but it was a simple, humble little prayer. I opened my eyes and as soon as I opened my eyes, that little girl walked down the aisle came down and got saved, said the sinner's prayer, got up rejoiced and went back to Colorado. Far as I know, she's still alive. I want to say this, sometimes our prayers are instant. I mean, God answers our prayers instantly. And then there's other times we've got to do some work at it. We've got to wait and wait and wait. And that's where Daniel was at. You know, those people that learn how to persevere in prayer are some of the strongest Christians that ever walked this planet Earth. Those that just have just simple childlike prayers, yes, those are good and fine. But those that go to the extra length in prayer and need to hear the voice of God, those are the <coughs> spiritual giants, the pillars of the church. Notice Daniel, notice this, that he was praying in a complex situation. Notice verses, uh, verses number two and three again. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. Not only was his body uh, in a, a shape of, 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 uh, of contrition, but his heart was mourning. So he was in dire need. He was weeping as he prayed. Boy, I've lost my tears in prayer. Lord, forgive me, man. And when the church has lost their tears in prayer, and I appreciate people that are willing to pray as they pray they also shed a few tears I've shed a few tears over my kids and I thank God he's heard my prayer it's taken a while uh, but I want to say perseverance pays off and like Ruby said it pays big dividends <clears throat> notice this not only uh, was uh, Daniel's uh, in a complex situation but notice his place of prayer notice verse number 4 and in the 4 and 20th day of the first month as I was by the side of the great river which is Hidekil. So he was by the river. There's his prayer grand. So I'm painting the picture now. He's by the river. He is praying. He's in tears. He's seeking God and wanting to hear the voice of God. Then he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold a certain man. Here's the vision coming to pass. Clothed in linen with loins, with girded, with fine gold of you fast. And he sees God face to face. But notice in verse number 7 what, what we see here. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. So he's by himself now. Those that are around him that's holding him captive, they were so scared that they run and hide from the face of God. But Daniel, there he is. He's alone. He sees the vision. The men that were with me, they're not, they're, did not, they didn't see the vision. But a great quaking fell upon them so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone and saw this great vision. And there remained no strength in me. There's his state. He's, he's strengthless. For my comeliness was turned in uh, in me in the corruption and I retain no strength. Notice his state now. He went from being weak and feeble of not eating and drinking nothing for three weeks and now he's by himself just alone, just him and God. You know what real prayer is? When it's just you and God and you and God alone. That's real prayer. Praying for uh, everybody else to hear you and say, oh, you prayed a good prayer today, Jack, uh, or Debbie or Gretchen or Jack. We're not here to make tickle people's ears with our prayers. We are here to pray. If we want God to hear our prayer and be in the presence Amen. of God, we must learn what it is to pray to God alone. And that there is no substitute 
No substitute for praying alone, just you and God. The greatest nourishment that you'll ever get is from the words of this book and learning to pray with the words of this book. Over the words of this book. And uh, I, I'm a firm believer here tonight, friends. If it hadn't been for God and Him being able to pray to Him and talk to Him and let, release the emotions and, and heartaches and troubles that I've went through in my life, I would not be here today. Thank God for prayer time and being alone in prayer. And then, uh, you know what's going to help Mount Zion Baptist Church? More than anything is having a church full of praying people. Charles Haddon Spurgeon said this. Uh, uh, someone came to him. I, I know Stephen shared this, and I may have, but it won't hurt you. It's like, it's like cold pizza. You warm it up, you, you'll feast off of it. All right? It's a good second time around. Spurgeon had a reporter come to him and said, Spurgeon, where's the power that you have in your church? How can you have such great power with God? Why are thousands being saved in your ministry? And he said this. He said, let me take you down in the basement and show you the power room. Took him down the basement right below the pulpit 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Somebody was praying. While he preached, the deacons would pray in that prayer room and send prayers up to God on his behalf as he prayed. And he said, while I'm preaching in the Metropolitan Tabernacle, someone is constantly praying for me. I want you to understand this. The greatest, the greatest thing that we can ever do for this church is learn the power of of prayer. Pray before you come. Pray before Bible study, before revivals, before Sunday mornings, and let God be filled uh, uh, in you and you be filled with God as you come into this place and you've got the anointing of God on you. I promise you, Brother Stephen will preach a whole lot better and you'll enjoy the message a whole lot better if we pray before we come. Can I get a witness on that tonight? Amen. We need the prayers of God's people uh, to be an, uh, an anointed church. And I, and I tell you this, one old preacher uh, made this statement the other day. He said, you know how, you, you, you know how uh, good a church really is? And uh, another preacher said, no, how can you tell when you're in a good church? He said, by the way, the people die. If they die right, and they've had a good prayer life, that church is usually a good church. And that old preacher's right. Listen, we need to be faithful in our prayers. Sometimes when we don't hear the voice of God in our prayers, that doesn't mean we need to throw in the towel and quit. Oh, doses come here year after year, Sunday after Sunday, revival after revival. We still have not seen that old man come down to an altar and get saved. But it does not mean that God is not working. Can I get an amen tonight? God wants that man to be saved. And I want you to understand this, friend. Hear me. Hear me well. We need to be faithful in our prayer lives. Notice this as well. That as we're alone in prayer and uh, we persevere in prayer, but notice verses uh, uh, 9 through 12 again. Yet I heard the voice of his word. So now Daniel has prayed through. Here's God right before him. What a wonderful sight it must have been. And he's, he's looking at God face to face and God has got his attention and, and he's got God's attention. And they're communing one with another. And he says, yet heard I the voice of his words. I want to tell you, there is nothing like in the Christian's prayer life, God may not answer your prayers, but to know that God hears our prayers is worth its weight in gold. I understand in my life, there's been some things in my life I have prayed for. God has not answered them. But in the, in the act of prayer, feeling the presence of God and knowing God is near me, 
I know that he is hearing my prayer is worth to, worth more to me than all the prayers that you can ever pray. To know that God's been his ear low and he's taking time out of his busy schedule of time and eternity and he bends his ear low to little me, little Jack, little Debbie, uh, little Doug, all of us. And he bends his ear low and says, I see the need of the saint of God down there and he hears that prayer. And I tell you, it's our job for God to hear us when we pray. And I appreciate silent prayers, but occasionally we have to be verbal in our prayers. And David or Daniel is there and he says, you know, I heard the voice of his words. God's communing back with him and I heard the voice of his words. When, when then was I in deep sleep on my face and my face toward the ground and behold and hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And so now the Lord's touched him, got him on his knees. Now they're speaking about what he Wanted to talk to God about it. And he said unto me, O Daniel, O man greatly beloved. Boy, isn't that wonderful for God to speak to us and say, I love you. You're greatly beloved, not just by the people of Israel, but you're loved by me. I, I don't know about you, but occasionally God speaks to this little fella and he strums the chords of my heart and he says, I love you, ladies. <laughs> Every now and again when you get done preaching and nobody moves, it's just dead. But you preach the best that you can preach. You walk out of a revival or a service and God whitewashes your soul just because you know you've pleased God. That's worth more to me than anything. And I want to say when our prayer life, when God hears you as a saint of God, just to be cleansed and for God to speak to us personally is wonderful. And then notice, understand the words that I speak unto thee. And stand up right now. He went from his face up to his knees. Now Daniel standing before the Lord and said unto him, I am, uh, he said, For unto thee am I now sinning. When he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. And so now he's trembling in the presence of God. And then said uh, he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, from this day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself uh, before thy God. Thy words were heard, and I am come for thy word. <coughs> So what does these verses tell us here? First of all, we find in these words that as David or Daniel's praying alone, God speaks to Daniel finally, and after three weeks of being in deep contrition and prayer, God comes to his rescue. That tells me we need not give up when we have a prayer. Let me give some good spiritual advice right here. If God gives you a desire to pray for something, do it. Right then. Don't wait. Pray then. If he gives you a desire to pray for someone right then, pray for them right then. Uh, a few years ago, well, it's been maybe 11 years ago, 10, 11 years ago, I got Tony Allison in my heart very, very heavy. I didn't know the circumstance. Bowed my head, and I'm not tooting my own horn tonight. My, my horn tonight, I'm just telling you what I did, what happened. And uh, I got him on my heart, and I went away and just kind of just went myself. Said, God, I don't know the need. I don't know why I'm burdened so much for him, but God be with him. We were in revival again, and I was talking to him. I said, uh, can I talk to you very candidly, Brother Tony? He said, yeah, what's wrong, preacher? And I said, the other day I had you on my mind real heavy. And I said, God burdened me to pray for you. And I said, I don't know the problem. I don't know what it was. And I said, I said, uh, is everything okay? And he looked at me, his eyes got about that big. He said, what time of day was that? 
I told him. He said, you're kidding me. I said, no. I said, it's that time of day. He said, what day was it? I told him the day. He said, you're kidding. He said, son, I needed, I was going through a hard time that day. And I needed the people to pray for me. He said, I didn't, I didn't have nobody. Nobody's around. He said, but I was struggling that day. And he said, uh, God must have just burdened you to pray for me that day to help me. And I, I want you uh, to know this. Our prayers are not limited just by these words. When we talk to God in prayer and our spirit's being moved by God, he's got a purpose for it. He's wanting us to carry his work out, his bidding unto his will and his way. When God gives us a burden, be faithful to it. Then also when God gives us a burden, we need to understand this. Hear this now. Hear me well. When he gives us a burden, he expects us not only to do something about it, but there's something going to happen on the other end. We may not see the effects of it, but as we pray, there's something going to happen on the other end. We may not see it until we get to eternity. But usually when God burdens us, and I've noticed this in my life, when God burdens me to do something, uh, He's got something on the other end working its way toward me. And a lot of times we miss God's blessings because we stop praying and dismiss that unction from God in our hearts, in our souls, and we walk away from the blessings of God. I'm telling you, Christian, there are blessings to be had if we'll stay in contact with God when we pray in Him. Notice his, uh, he's speaking with the Lord now, and I'm hurrying, I'm coming to a close. Notice as he speaks, the Lord said, Daniel, I heard you three weeks ago, but he said, I... So many words, I've been kind of held up. In other words, he, he said, I, I haven't dismissed you. I've not turned my deaf ear to you. He said, I heard you three weeks ago. Uh, and then he said, uh, for thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. And the Lord comes to him. He said, Daniel, I ain't forgot about you. You've been in a battle for three weeks, but I've not forgot about you. And I'm coming to your words that you've called out to me. Oh, thank God. Thank God for the words that we've cried to Him. Many days, many hours, many months, even many years at times. And God comes to our rescue on His time and in His own way. You know, God has never been late. Not one time has He ever been late on us. But I have to be honest. There's been times, Brother John, I have, felt I have been late on Him. And I've dishonored Him with my prayer. I've quit too early. I've given up. And a lot of times I've missed the blessings of God. But I hear, hear this, friend. When we pray, don't give up if He keeps giving you the burden and the desire to pray. Let me speak very candidly for just a minute and be very personal in my prayer life. You know my life. You know my testimony. You know my story. I've went through the hardest struggle of my life about three, four years ago. And someone told me, said, Preacher, you're just not praying enough. I said, son, don't you tell me that. I prayed more in those three years than I ever prayed in my life. I begged God, fasted, begged God to turn everything around that, that I wanted to see turned around. But you know, when, when I realized when it was not going to happen, when God quit giving me a desire to pray for that situation. I'm being personal now. When the desire was gone to stop praying for that situation, that told me God had another <coughs> I still prayed for the ministry, still prayed for my kids. And for some reason, I never had the desire to pray no more. I fought tooth and nail 
for everything that I had within me. Y'all know it. Y'all saw me. Y'all saw me weeping. And Dave can testify to it. I was a whipped pup, man. But immediately, I look back, when God quit giving me the desire to pray for it, I just couldn't pray anymore. I even tried to pray after the desire uh, had gone to pray for it. But little did I know, now you fast forward, uh, you know, uh, a year or so after that, and here comes this lady. And here's what I prayed. I said, God, if you want me to have another, uh, and, and you know, I told, I told Gina this evening, uh, uh, Fields, I said, look, honey, you're fixing to face something you've never faced before. She said, you know, we face hard times, we'll get through. I said, no. And I was, I was honest with her. I said, Gina, you're fixing to face the biggest demon in this world. And you know what it's called? Loneliness. Fixing to face it. I said, Gina, listen to me, honey. I said, you are a, uh, you're in a place you've never been, but you need to learn to call out on God now because the demon of loneliness will come. You're too young. And uh, the demon of loneliness was there. And I remember in, in those three and a half years or three years of me fighting and struggling, I faced that demon every single day. And I'm telling you, son, it was miserable. It was the worst battle I've ever been in my life. I prayed and prayed and prayed. And still, to no avail, God is like, God just cut that chapter off in my life. And I said, well, God, now that the papers are signed and the divorce is over, I said, God, what would I have me do now? And instantly, and I, I tell you where I was at, I was in the pulpit preaching at Mount Olive Church. And God changed my desire. I never said a word, but as I was preaching, I was also praying in my spirit. I can't explain that, but I was. And I said, God, if you want me to have another, I said, God, let her be beautiful. Let her have plenty of money. <laughs> let her be healthy. <laughs> he has. <laughs> you say yeah, that wasn't a prayer. That wasn't a I'm telling you, it's God's honest truth. It's answer prayer. It happened like that. And my prayer life went from that old chapter to a new chapter in my life. And I had I literally had liberty to pray like I'd never had liberty to pray Hallelujah. before. I didn't know who she was. She and listen, I prayed, I said, God, that's my requirements. That's what I want, God. If you want me to have her, that's what she's got to be. Boy, she get it. she's a pistol. <laughs> Won't you notice this now as our prayers in, in are, are being heard by God. Daniel's speaking to him and the Lord's speaking back. But notice the spiritual warfare that takes place in the spiritual realm. Notice this. The Lord tells Daniel, says, But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me <clears throat> one in twenty days. So God peels back the spiritual world and the scriptures for just a minute. And we see what's taking place in the spirit world. And here it is. It's but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one in 20 days. Now he's not talking about just any prince. This is in the spiritual realm. He's not talking about the actual physical prince of Persia. He's talking about the spiritual prince of Persia. Now listen, now watch this. Flip back to Ephesians chapter number 6, verse number 12. Now uh, if you don't have, if you don't want to flip, just listen. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You know what's taking place in uh, the White House right now? There is a warfare 
taking place against the Democrats, the Republicans. Right now, we see the, the despots of the world trying to pass all the ugly, heinous, sinful laws of abortion and infanticide taking place. It's nothing more than just a spiritual attack. Have you ever seen a president be under such an attack as this one is? I'm not saying I agree with everything that the president is. I'm like Tony. I don't want him teaching me on Sunday school on Sunday morning. But I want to say this. God is, has specifically put him in the place that he is, not by man's doings, but God has ordained it, whether any of us will like it or not. And I hear this tonight. Friend, there's a warfare taking place. And this warfare that, that's taking place in verse number 13, God peels the pages of Scripture back and peels the, uh, uh, the spiritual realm back for just a minute. And behind closed doors of the spiritual realm, there is demons fighting against angels and angels fighting against demons. And listen, there are uh, great angels in Scriptures, one being Michael, the other being Gabriel, and uh, then another one by the name of Lucifer, which is the devil. I want you to understand all these spiritual warfares that we see taking place uh, in uh, Scripture, they are actually happening right now. The warfares that you fight in your mind, like Doug was talking about, I can't believe Doug even said this tonight. But the warfares that we face in our mind, it's a spiritual attack. Now, I don't believe for one minute, nowhere in Scripture, if you can find it and point it out to me, I would believe it. But I don't believe for one minute that God's children can ever be possessed by a devil. I don't believe that. But I do believe that they can be vexed by devils. That they can come in, bombard our mind, bombard our lives, our thoughts. We're being vexed by devils by every commercial that we see on television. Right. We're being vexed by things that we hear on the radio. Things that pop up on our telephones. <clears throat> and things that we're being bombarded by the spiritual world. And we may not recognize it. We may not even admit to <clears throat> it. That's where we're at. And this spiritual realm that we see right now, it affects all people, all languages, all kindreds. But I want to say it especially affects the Christian people. When you get saved, you enter into a battle. Instantly. The warfare takes place. You're in a battle. And all oh, those days I want to give up. But by the grace of God, He comes to my rescue. It comes to your rescue. Notice Doug was talking about the lady committing suicide. Doesn't mean she's not saved. But some people get in such a frame of mind by what they've seen, what they've had to deal with in life, that they just cannot control it. No matter how much work you do to get to find peace, it's just, you know, that PTSD is something you don't mess with, man. And I, I look at, you know, my granddad, and God rest his soul, I mean, no disrespect, granddad went over World War II, was a deacon of the church, Mount Lebanon Baptist Church, a great godly pillar in the community. You know what? After all he saw, he came back an alcoholic. He fought the demons of alcoholism the rest of his life. Up to about 25 years before he died, he quit from this and got back in church. We're all bombarded by the spiritual realm. Every single one of us. And listen, friend, how important it is. And I'm hurrying. I'm, I'm hurrying. I promise. How important it is when we see a brother or sister fall, that the church needs to run to their rescue right then. And do not wait because you don't know the spiritual mind uh, that they have, the spiritual heart they have at that time. You don't know what they're capable of. We should run to them. And I tell you, the biggest 
thing that I've had against everything that I've went through in my Christian walk since I went to the valley of life, the biggest gripe I have is that God's people did not run to my rescue. Preachers that I preached with my entire ministry, not one phone call, not one I'm praying for you, nothing. And I'm telling you, man, it hurt. But I tell you, I'll say this, if I ever get out of this valley, God, if someone hurts, help me to run to their rescue, Brother Lamar, pat them on the back, pick them up and say, hey, I don't care what you've done, I don't care where you've been, you got to get up out of here and get busy for God again. And that's where what we've lost in our churches, in the spiritual realm of, 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 uh, uh, of this world today. We're all fighting battles. Some battles are harder than others. Some are facing demons that no one knows about. And I believe there's a lot of people that come here on Sunday morning, on Sunday morning, that their life is, their faith is hanging on by a thread. And it's by us. We need to come to them and surround them by prayer. When we pray, we activate the power of God. And he, I, John, I can't explain it. You're praying, man. Maybe you can explain it better than I can. But somehow, when there's a need here on this earth, when we pray and we have a need and God gives that desire for us to pray, somehow God yonder in heaven hears that prayer trillions and billions and millions of miles away. He hears that prayer and instantly, like lightning, He'll dispatch an angel to the need of that saint of God and deliver them and help them in a matter of a second. Amen. I mean, before you ever bat an eye, I believe that I've seen that witness that I hadn't seen the angel. But I tell you this, we are in a spiritual warfare. I share this with you, and I'm going to hurry. One night in the revival at, at Friendship, that big revival, Tim Hoot saw it, Josh Chatham saw it, and I saw it. And every now and again, God lets us get a glimpse of the spiritual realm. Amen. We were standing there, there. Bethlehem was there that night. And I mean, the house was full. 400 people plus was there. And doors was open. Air conditioner was running. It was 10 degrees outside. And there the revival was happening. We were giving the invitation. And uh, the pre I don't remember who preached that night, but we were giving the invitation. And they turned it over to me. And I'd give an invitation for 45 minutes. And people just coming in droves, getting saved. And, one pop up here, one pop up there. And Tim, the, the, there was no room in the book board. And I was standing right here. Josh was right here and Tim was on the other side. And nobody could move. We couldn't get around nobody. And as I was standing, there was a glow that got on the church, on the people. You could turn the lights out, man. And uh, I believe you would still see light. And, and we were standing there. And uh, the people were seeing amazing grace. As they started singing, Brother Dave, there they were. I mean, I saw the people, just the church building just felt like it was shaking and moving. I thought, Lord, the place is fixing to crumble. We're fixing to, the, the building's fixing to fall. And as I stood there, I, I, I closed my eyes and prayed and prayed for more souls to come get saved. And I opened my eyes and looked on this side of the church in the back, in the back corner. And it was about 12 feet tall, as far as I could tell, there was a light in the shape. Of, a, of an angel. And it had a head, it had shoulders, and you could see this glow behind it. And I was looking at it, and I rubbed my eyes two or three times, and I said, am I seeing stuff? And instantly, when, I mean, the glory of God was there. Instantly, when I thought, when I said that, uh, I said, is that an angel? Tim Oates walked up beside me in tears. He said, Lance, do you see that back there? 
And Josh Chatton said, uh, Preacher, I see it, I see it. And the moment, I feel heaven saying it. And the very moment I said, I see it, I see it. That's an angel of God. The moment I said it, it vanished just like that. And it's just like another bolt of lightning on the service. People started moving, getting saved. And Josh and Tim and I sat there looking like that, like we just... I mean, it was wonderful seeing all that. But I want to say there is a spiritual warfare taking place in our churches, in our minds, in the people of God. And I tell you, don't take it for granted any day that we're in that warfare. Pray. You know what prayer is? You're just entering in the battle. You're doing your work in the battle. And hurry, I'm going to hurry. I'm, I'm, I know you don't believe me, but I'm done. Notice this in verse number uh, uh, number 19. He's talking about true prayer. He says this. He says, oh, oh man, uh, and said, O oh man, greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be unto thee. Be strong. Yea, be strong. And when he had spoken unto me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for thou hast strengthened me. We see his state going from trembling to strong. <coughs> prayer does. Hallelujah. Gives us strength. Amen. Gives us strength. Uh, I think about Amen. how weak I have been, and it had to be if it had to be for the prayers of you people. Where would I be today? Oh my soul, how God has God has strengthened me through praying people. I've noticed since I'm not preaching much like I used to be. I'm hurrying. I'm, I'm promise you, I'm done. Uh, I've noticed the other day. I told Gretchen, I said, I just don't feel the power of God like I used to on me, and. Uh, and I got stuck, and I said, God, how come there's no power on me like there used to be? Have I done something wrong? Lord, forgive me if I have. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit Bless put it in my mind. He said, son, you're not pastoring the church right now. You don't got a lot of people praying for you like you did. When you have an entire church praying for you as you pastor, it makes a difference. Yes. I'm telling you, it makes a difference. You know what, Stephen's not here tonight, and I, and I wish he was, but I want to say this, and he's not here. You know what we're going to help Stephen do more than anything? What's going to help him more than anything? It ain't your money. It's praying for him. There's nothing like getting up behind the book board, Brother Michael, and preaching with the anointing of God. I'm not talking about just preaching. I'm talking about preaching. And when people are praying... It makes a difference not just in the pulpit, but in your work life, your family life, in everything you do. Today, right. you know, Daniel, he went from weak to strong. I finished the chapter out. Then said, He knowest thou wherefore I come unto thee. And so God's asking him a question. And now will I return to fight with the Prince of Persia? God's going back to fight now. When I am gone forth, lo, the Prince of Lysia shall come. He comes up. There's another battle coming, Daniel. He's coming. You get through one struggle, there'll be another. But I will show right. thee that which is noted in the scriptures of truth. And there is none that holdeth with me in these things but Michael the prince. <coughs> and you know, God's got agents right now fighting on behalf of you and I. <coughs> we may not all see them. We may not recognize them. But if we could peel the spiritual world back and, and, and gaze into it, we'd all go. We'd all be shocked. And nationally, uh, right now, Israel has been under attack since, well, since the promise was given to Abraham in Genesis chapter number 12. 
But in 1948, Israel became a nation. You know really what's taking place over there? It's a spiritual warfare. You know where Persia is right now? You know what that modern-day Persia is? Iran. Iran. God went back to fight with the prince of Persia. This was <clears throat> hundreds of years before Christ. The Iranians, what are they against right now? Israel. They're against America. America. This is nothing but warfare. Right now, as a praying, try to be a praying preacher and a praying Christian, I love being able to pray. But I like it when I can really pray. And then when you get in that state of prayer and you, and you stay there and you get up from that prayer battle and, and you've prayed through, and you go out through the day and you see somebody have a need, you don't get down in a big way and you just say, God, you say it in your spirit to his spirit, God, be with that person. Be with old Dave over there. He's helped me. He's made it home, but God, he's alone be with him. You say, that don't happen. It happens, man. We pray, and somehow God can turn our desire right here to help somebody else over there. You say, I don't believe it. Eli, Sarah, I'm about done. You better quit. I want to hear the voice of God when I pray. I want to pray until I've prayed through. And it's been a long time since I've really prayed through. Now, I've had some victories in prayer. I'm talking about really praying until the glory, the glory comes. And I want to stay in that place of prayer. You can't you don't stay there all the time because eventually there's a demon or a devil going to come knock at your door and knock you off. And what we have to do is to get back to that prayer. I'm done right here. <coughs> Michael, I've took all your time. I'm so sorry tonight. Uh,